Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of Yay for Growth, Why I Changed Career Paths. In this episode, I'm basically going to be talking to you a little bit about my story with changing my career path and some recommendations I have for people who might be looking to change their career path or are currently in that process right now. And yeah, so I hope you like it. Um, and then, of course, we're going to start off doing a little bit of a life update introduction kind of thing. I also just want to point out that you should be very excited because I have created and recorded a new introduction. So for everyone who is used to my old introduction and then the one before that, I really think you're going to like this one and be like, oh my God, it's so professional. Okay. All right. Ready? Here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome to Yay for Growth. I'm your host, Savannah Zipak, and this is a personal development podcast where we have all kinds of conversations about every area of health, well-being, and occasionally something different to spice things up. With two, almost three college degrees, five years of combined experience in healthcare and research, and a passion for improving population health, I'm here to make sure nothing goes unspoken. So take a deep breath, check in with yourself, and let's get started. Good morning. It is not the morning. It is 1.01 p.m., but I feel like it's the morning. I think the last episode I recorded, I did the same thing. I think I, like, woke up really late for some reason. I didn't wake up late today. I'm just, like, finally getting to record late, so it feels, I don't know, feels kind of spicy. Um, all right, so today we have a really cool topic that I don't know why it's taken me so long to think of this as a topic, but why I changed career paths. Now, I do see this kind of trending a little bit around TikTok and Instagram with people who are ditching the nine to five work life, starting their own businesses, but I'm not really seeing it with anybody who is like, just simply changing their field, not the whole work lifestyle, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I think one day it would be cool to go into business for myself, to be honest, but until I really have an idea of like what that business would be, I don't want to jump the gun on that. Obviously, sometimes you have to take a risk, but There are also calculated risks where you need to be prepared, you need to have a game plan, you know, I would would really, really prefer to have a good idea of what I want to do before just jumping the gun and starting my own business. So, yeah, if you hear any dog noises, I am pet sitting at my best friend's house for my nephew dog. He is so cute and so spunky. His name is Rory and he is a border collie cattle dog mix, I think. Um, but he he looks like a border collie with a lot of spots. He's black and white. Um, he's pretty cute, but he is very spunky. So, you know, he gets, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like he gets kind of startled easily compared to my dog who's just like, whatever. Um, all right. So some life updates. I have been 
Um, unemployed, I did leave my job, which seems to be a recurring theme of this podcast every year. <laughs> but I saw a post on LinkedIn um, recently, and that post said um, something along the lines of, it's not job hopping if it's like for lateral growth in your job. Like if it's for professional growth, you can't think of it as job hopping because it's not. So I am trying to remind myself of that. I feel a little weird weird with no structure or schedule, but I've been trying my best this time around to like wake up every day at a decent time, you know, just still do my morning routine and keep what structure I can while accepting that this is a very unstructured time. And I I really cannot do that much about it (laughs) until I get a job. And um, yeah. So that has been interesting uh, for me mentally. Been doing some interviews. um, You know, I would say the one interview that I had, I was waiting for. um, And I was really excited about it. It's with a company or should I say government agency I've been wanting to work for in New Jersey. But their hiring process takes a long time. And not just the hiring process, but the offer process. So it takes even three months for them to make an offer, which to me was really daunting and overwhelming. So I think when I came back from that interview, I was very depressed, but it went super well. And at least I got a good idea of what like state job interviews feel like. And, you know, it was a wonderful experience. And the people I interviewed with were so nice and so sweet and so informative. but I did interview for a couple other positions. I just wasn't, they weren't really what I was looking for. So here we are just trying to stay busy, trying to live my life and take it one day at a time because that's all you can do even when life is going the way you want. You can only take it one day at a time. So yeah, and then the other thing is that I really want a puppy for my birthday. My birthday, as some of you know, is August 29th. I am a Virgo and I... I just want a dog. I want a puppy. I want, I'm so excited because me and my boyfriend are going to be moving soon, um, closer to where he got his new job and where I'm trying to get a job. So it's, um, if anyone knows like where Rutgers is in New Jersey, it's like that area. So we're trying to move to that area and uh, I just want my own doggo so bad. And I want my dog to be able to learn from the family dog that we have at Glenn's parents' house because it's just so much easier to train a dog when you have another dog. Um, And I filled out an application for, like, this one dog that we were really interested in. Like, we got so excited about him. He's the same exact breed and mix that our current dog, Remy, is. And we were like, oh, my God, like, we have to have him. He's so cute. He reminds us of, like, a combo of, like, the two dogs um, that we, you know, Glenn's family has had. And we love the temperament. You know, Lab Shepherd mixes are so good. They, their temperament, their loyalty, their companionship, and just like their attitude. Like they are such people, uh, dogs. (laughs) They're so sweet. We have had a great time with, um, Remy and I was like, both me and Glenn looked at each other. We were like, yeah, we need to apply for this dog. We applied for it, but of course, because Remy isn't neutered, they're not allowed to, um, uh, let us even, be considered for adopting so we have to get Remy neutered now for me to ever get a puppy and I'm so sad because like why I don't know if somebody works with dogs I really want you to explain to me like why does it matter 
Because the only reason Remy hasn't been neutered is, number one, the money, and number two, just personal preference. Like, Glenn's brother, who is technically the owner of Remy, our dog, goes has gone back and forth of, like, should I neuter him? Should I not? Should I? Should I not? Because, you know, yeah, they could develop health issues later on in life, like prostate enlargement, which happened to our dog Templar, um, Glenn's childhood dog, who passed away last year. R.I.P. Templar. Um... Yeah, there's just, like, a lot of issues that could go wrong if you don't fix them. But also, like, personal preference of wanting the option to breed the dog. Like, if we want puppies from Remy, like, we want that option because he's such a sweet, good dog that, like, he would make sweet, good puppies. <laughs> I mean, or at least, you know, impregnate another dog because <laughs> he is male. Um, so that's my rant about that. I'm trying to get a puppy, but I guess it's going to be a longer process than I anticipated unless I can find a breeder or somebody who does not care that Remy is not neutered and the dog will be growing up in the same household as him. So if anyone knows of anywhere that works, um, uh, any rescue or something like in New Jersey and you have any good recommendations, even the tri-state area, I'm actually comfortable with traveling anywhere max two hours so if I have to go to New York or Pennsylvania or Delaware I have those options living in central Jersey I have quite a few options so Connecticut I would be more than okay to go to either of those locations if you know anywhere great please hit me up I don't care how far I have to drive if if it's like my meant to be doggo it's really what I want for my birthday so definitely let me know you can dm me on instagram um at sustained with sav or yay for growth pod but yeah that's that's life glenn and i so my birthday all right so the summer is crazy because the end of summer because our anniversary is literally a week before my birthday and then glenn's birthday is two weeks after my birthday so it's just kind of like wham bam craziness but last year glenn and i like It was just a really bad time, I think, in our lives in terms of depression, instability, um, and just, like, family stuff on both of our ends and also school. So, finances, there was that too. And so, I think that it wasn't a great time. So, we really didn't do anything for our anniversary last year or even (laughs) my birthday, to be honest. Um... And this year, we're really trying to change that. So we're going to go to the spa. There's, like, this really famous spa called Sojo. It's, like, in Edgewater in New Jersey. And, like, anyone in New York or New Jersey kind of knows about – in Connecticut, I think, they know about the spa. It is, like, so cool. You get, like, a skyline view of the city while you are in, like, a pool and jacuzzi. And the daily admittance fee is, like, not expensive at all. Um, If you go on, like, the right day, the right time – So I kind of booked that for us like super, not impulsive, but it's what we wanted to do last year. And I was like, we didn't do this last year. We are doing it this year. And Glenn was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) The cool thing about Glenn is that for the most part, he's pretty, he can be pretty go with the flow Um, when it comes to like traveling or going places. Like he's pretty go with the flow with that stuff. He, whereas everything else he's not very good with the flow (laughs) and for me I'm like the opposite I feel like everything else I could be pretty good with the flow but like traveling and plans I want to I want to be a little structured um and I'm kind of learning how to like let go of that structure a little bit but sometimes you need it 
Um, so yeah, I really, I think the only other thing I was going to mention for life updates and stuff is I've been feeling very fatigued. Um, so just trying to like meet my body where it's at. I think that's so important when you're just really tired and rest when you can. Um, the other thing is that I'm not in my own home and even though it's my best friend's home, like where I'm house sitting slash pet sitting, it's not my home. So it's never going to feel like I can 100% rest there, I think, which makes it tricky. So I just think I'm not getting as good of sleep. And, you know, I worry about the animals because they're different. Like our dog Remy, he can sleep through the entire night into noon and not even have to go to the bed. Like he is so easy to take care of. It's not even funny. And he doesn't walk on a leash so we can just let him out in the yard. Like it's just disgusting how easy it is to take care of Remy but not that my best friend's animals are high maintenance they're not high maintenance they're just different right they're just different and they're more particular and it's a different system like every household different system so no shade there it's just saying like I'm just trying to make sure that I'm taking care of them properly even though I have many times before and I am like you know just going on the schedule that works best for them because that's pet sitting. So without further ado, I think we will get into today's topic and episode. I'm so excited. All right, so today's topic is why I changed career paths. Um, For those that don't know, I started my career as a scientist, you know, in college. Um, It took me a little bit of a while to find bio and chem, but once I, you know, declared them as my major, I really succeeded. Um, I really thrived. I did so much research, um, internships, a lot of classes because I was a double major. And after graduating, I worked in pharmaceuticals for a little bit. And then for about a year, the pandemic hit during that time within the first month that I started. I had moved to Connecticut to work for the um, a very popular pharmaceutical company. Was living there during the pandemic with very bad mental health um you know my health was probably at its worst I think when I I was there because I was alone I didn't have family I didn't have friends I you know we were it was a very tragic time I think a lot of us forget how tragic that time was and for me it was also a chance for me to be like is this really what I want to do like is this really what I thought it would be working in a lab all day I don't I don't really know like it felt it's hard to explain now looking back that I've worked these jobs where I've been really burnt out sometimes I look back and it's hard um not to be filled with like a little bit of regret because it was a good lifestyle like working in pharmaceuticals is very flexible you get paid very well Um, and for the most part, the people I worked with were freaking awesome mentors. They were so great and helpful with everything and really supported when I decided, you know, it's time for me to leave. The pandemic's not getting better. I need to be around my friends and family during this time. But before that, my whole plan was to finish out my internship there, do that for a year, maybe extend it into another year, um, start looking towards getting my PhD or my master's and, I wanted to move up to Boston. I don't know why, but I was obsessed with Boston. 
that is where my heart was set on. So either that or going to school in California for chemistry. So that was kind of my goal. I always wanted to get my PhD and be a researcher and a professor. Um, In school, you know, I worked as a biology and science tutor. So I did have that passion, passion for helping people. And through research, you know, I, I was really good at it. I picked up on stuff very quickly, all of the instrumentation and lab methods and things like that that are important for science, general lab practice, you name it. Like I was just very quick and smart and I thrived in biology and chemistry because of that. Then when, you know, like I said, I, I decided it was time to leave my internship. I moved back home And I had to get a job right away because I had to move out of my mom's house. And I also wanted to start making money. I mean, I had got, I had made my first big girl purchase and bought myself a car. And I had my car payments and logistics, right? If you don't have anyone who can help you with your finances like your parents, then you got to do what you got to do. So I took a job in diagnostics and that was at a pathology lab where I thought that I would be able to maybe like go into histology and pathology and work as like you know work my way up and get my certification do travel histotech which is like a really good position but then it just burned me out because the caseload was ridiculously high the work like the stimulation in that lab environment While it wasn't that work itself, it was just like that lab and that company itself. But even more so, I was like, I mean, I'm not really interested in this. So I was like, where else in science can I go? What can I do? And so in in while I was figuring that out, you know, life happens. And a couple of things happened in my life that made my mental health take a turn for the worst. And while I was it's hard. I had started gaining my physical health back a little bit shortly after moving home to New Jersey, but then I got COVID. So I was working this new job overnights. My health kind of sucked. Um, and I got COVID and then a month later I got mono and then I got multiple sinus infections and tonsillitis. I mean, that entire year of 2021, I was sick at least once a month. And it was horrible because I had to take off of work. I couldn't show up. I wasn't being my best self. Like, I had never been someone that just called out of work all the time. But I had to do what I had to do. And the irony of working in healthcare is that most healthcare workers do not have great health. That is the irony. And coming to terms with that realization was crazy. Um, So I was like, you know, this place doesn't really care about me. They don't care about my health. That was the first time that I was really fucked over in terms of like working for a company that didn't care for me, realizing I'm just a number. Everywhere I had worked prior in pharmaceuticals and academia, I was valued and I was treated with respect, integrity, and I really, you know, the people I worked for just had such great work ethic and morals and mentorship and things like that. So for me to like now be at this place where I just like wasn't appreciated and respected, I got really angry and really bitter and I was also sick all the time and I couldn't properly take care of myself. And then about eight months later, I was like, okay, should I apply for FMLA? 
but because I hadn't worked there a year, I didn't qualify for it. So I was like, naturally, I'm going to leave. They gave me the option to like come back, that the door was always open, like once I was feeling better, but I took some time off and then more personal life things happened with family and friends and my mental health, you know, was really bad. I became really depressed and suicidal. It was, it was scary and I never felt anything like that in my life, even though I've struggled with anxiety and depression my whole life, um, I'd never struggled that badly. So I entered into IOP, um, willingly. I, well, I went to my doctor. He put me on Zoloft. I was originally on one mental health medication and it wasn't working out great. So I go to my doctor. He puts me on Zoloft. I notice an immediate difference. I'm like, this is, yes, this works for my body and my mind where I was able to at least get up every day. And then when I left my job, it kind of, it was working, but it went a little downhill. So I go back to him. He puts me up on my medication, talks to me about what's going on, and then tells me about this local program, behavioral health center um, that offers counseling and therapy services um, and things like that. So naturally, I inquire about I inquire with this place about their services and they said that I qualify for IOP and I can literally like start next week. So IOP is intensive outpatient program um, and that is, you know, something people do for a couple weeks to a month to multiple months to sometimes even a year um, and usually do about like three days per week. Um, It's usually anything like, it's like nine hours per week, right? So I did that for my mental health and was unemployed and had started my new relationship with Glenn and, like, was just trying to float above water. Like, I was really, really struggling not to drown. And eventually, you know, my health got better and I took that time to figure out, you know, what do I really want to do next? Because, you know, working in pharmaceuticals was okay, but it was also a little bit boring for me. And like I said, it's funny now when I look back because I'm like, well, was it boring Savannah or was it just like very stable and calm? I don't know. Did I just not know how to deal with not being a student anymore? Does that make sense? Who knows? Regardless, something in my gut told me like this is not something I want to go into further. Um... And I felt done with lab work. I felt like I was done working in a lab. Even though it was something I loved so much, I was burned out. And I had gotten, you know, just burned by so many experiences within like a two-year period. And the pandemic had a big, uh, a big part in that. It played a big role in that. Um, So... When I sat down and I reassessed and I, you know, kind of brainstormed, talked to friends and family, was trying to figure it out for a while, I went through IOP and that was really powerful and I was like, oh my god, like I have, you know, this big passion for mental health and I had been doing my podcast for two years at that point, which was mostly mental health focused in the beginning and my Instagram community and all of that stuff was kind of not blowing up, but it was definitely gaining, um... I was just gaining more of a community with it and people were listening and it's what I had. So I felt, I just felt I need to become a therapist or I need to go into psychology and become a clinical psychologist and get my PhD. Like 
I can take, you know, my science brain and apply that towards behavioral and mental health. So naturally, I, in that time as well, applied for a master's of public health program because I was like, well, if I'm not going to be in science anymore, I I can't get healthcare jobs because I don't really have credibility or experience in healthcare other than working in diagnostics. So naturally, I applied for my master of public health program with William Patterson. And at that same time, I also applied for a PhD public health program with Rutgers. Rutgers had denied me, which I completely understand because, you know, I kind of was just making this change very quickly. So if I was on an advisory board, I would look at it and be like, are you sure you want to go into this? So I got accepted into the master's program at Willie P. Um, Willie P is William Patterson University. It's in New Jersey. It's where I went for undergraduate. And so I was like, well, it'd be really cool to go back there for graduate because they have this brand new public health program. It's online. I can do it on my own time. The thought of having to sit in a classroom was really anxiety provoking for me. So I was like, this is perfect and I can get a job and like do this while I work. So everything was seemingly falling into place. I get into the Master of Public Health program. I'm applying to jobs and in like entry level, maybe like mental health, behavioral health settings. And I eventually land a position right around when I started my program in uh, public health. Or yeah. Okay, wait, I have to back up for a second because I just remembered there was like a six month stint of me working in a hospital um, while I was waiting to hear back from the public health program. So I was working as a secretary in an outpatient women's center for breast cancer, um, like where they would do mammographies, breast cancer screenings, diagnostics, biopsies, things like that. Um, And it was really, really cool. I actually learned a lot about the whole screening versus diagnostic process. And medical terminology so that for me was a really cool experience but it did not work out simply because of the hours and the scheduling just did not really work for me so I eventually stepped down from that position and was like you know after the probationary period and I was like yeah this like isn't a good fit um so then I was unemployed for a couple months but we were traveling in the summer and blah 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 I hear back from the MPH program, I get into the MPH program, I'm applying to jobs, and then I land a position as an assessment counselor um, for a nonprofit behavioral health. So this is for substance abuse. So I was immediately drawn to this position um, because, you know, in mental health, you have to have credentials. You have to have certifications to pretty much hold any position. And a lot of healthcare is like that. So this that in general kind of turned me off from being like a straight up healthcare worker because part of me was like, oh, should I like become a nurse? Should I, you know, use my science background to like help people more directly? Like, how can I do that? So all while trying to figure this out, I kind of learned that healthcare is really hard in that aspect that there are so many certifications and specializations that you really can't do a position unless you have one of those, right? So the fact that I was able to get an interview with this nonprofit for a mental health entry-level position without having any type of counseling degree, LPC or anything, not even an MSW, uh, Master of Social Work, I was thrilled. I was like, this is awesome. I'm so excited. 
And substance abuse and addiction has always been something that I've been very passionate about um, just because of family, you know, and friends and current, like, not current, um, struggles that I've had around my feelings with those things. And I just wanted to be a peer. I wanted to give back. After my mental health being so shitty that I had to be in treatment, I wanted to give back to the community and be like a part of the change that is going on in mental and behavioral health. And addiction sounded really interesting. So I took the job, started my MPH program, was taking classes, kind of trying to figure out, you know, like, what do I like? Get everything done. And during that time, you know, I was in love with this position. It was hard because I had never worked in counseling, de-escalation, um, things like that, intervention services. I had never done any of that before. The skills I gained from this position were invaluable. So I worked this position for almost a year, speeding you up to now. Um, and I just finished this position at the end of July. I finally decided it was like time to leave because I learned like the only way to move up in that position was to become a certified alcohol and drug counselor, which is not something that I really wanted to do because it takes about four years. And I was like, I could spend that four years doing something completely different. Um, you know, maybe getting my PhD or moving up in public health and things like that. So the skills I gained were invaluable, but once I decided, you know, I'm not going to move up in this position, I don't want to, I, it's just not for me. Um, there are other aspects of the role that I really liked and I wanted to tap more into that and find a position that suited that plus, you know, like those specific roles, um, like, you know, dealing with the public, um, linking them up, being a liaison between healthcare providers and patients and things like that. To me, that was really fun, especially motivating and empowering clients and educating them. That was super, super fun to me. Um, but the actual like diagnostic part of the job was not as interesting to me. So I was like, I can't become a counselor like or a psychologist because the whole, the whole job would be diagnosing people and I really that's the part I really don't like, to be honest. So we are now in August of 2023. I will be done with my MPH program after this fall semester in 20, um, I mean in December, but I will officially obtain my degree January of 2024. And I am looking, I'm looking for positions that align a little bit more with what I can see myself do going forward. And that kind of, you know, varies. I can see myself doing a lot of things. That's why it's always been difficult. Um, so that's kind of my story. And that's kind of why I changed my career path. I think it wasn't ever like a solid decision of like, I'm going to completely leave science. But it, it is something that naturally occurred based on life and circumstances and opportunities. For me, when I look back on that decision, I have mixed emotions. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like I should have given science a little bit more of a shot, which is what I got advice from a lot of people on during that time. Like a lot of friends and family just told me like, keep trying, don't give up. There's just, you're just not working at the right place yet. But when I would actually look at the roles that I could do, 
without a master's in science or a PhD, they did not appeal to me. And when I looked at those programs, I got a headache. I think the biggest thing is that undergrad had burned me out so bad. As a science major, you get burned out really, really bad in undergraduate. So by the time, you know, everything happened where I was in my career and really in it, I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I cannot, like my mind is so fried that I needed to step away. And I did. And my health is better for it. I will tell you that much. Um, And then the other way that I feel about it is proud because it's a very brave thing. So any of you that are listening who have ever like decided or maybe you're currently in this spot of like, you decided I'm going to change my career path or you just like you changed your career and you decided maybe you're going to go back to an old career, like an old field that you were in. Um, I have one friend who is like a virtual friend, um, Caro, Caroline. She uh, worked in accounting and then left to travel, start her own business, stuff like that. And then later on went back into accounting because it gave her like the life that she wanted. And I think that that's really powerful. Either way, we need to look at ourselves as brave when we decide to make those decisions. I think my biggest fear for me, and this this kind of relates to my childhood trauma, is like, I just don't want instability. I really, really do not want instability. I want to know that I am safe. I want to know that I can be independent and like live on my own and have a structured schedule and things like that I do not want to have to jump around and rely on people and then there's also this negative stigma about depending on other people which makes it hard for most of us millennials because the job market is insane right now um it is a hard time to not only find a job but find a job that you that fits your lifestyle. The pandemic changed a lot of people. And I know I keep saying the pandemic, the pandemic, the pandemic, but this is my story. And this is my story on why I changed careers and why it felt right for me. And the biggest reason is that the pandemic changed everything. It forced me to really look at myself. What was I spending my time doing? What were my interests? What were my passions? And what are my skills in education? And where can I go with this? And it changed everything for so many people and it's very hard right now and a lot of millennials and gen z we we move back home after college we live with our parents because that is the most cost effective thing to do in today's economy and job market and there shouldn't be shame about that there shouldn't be but we have the shame of like we can't provide for ourselves oh my god it's the end of the world but that's not our fault It's not our fault that entry-level positions want to pay people with a bachelor's degree $15 to $18 an hour. It's not our fault that entry-level positions are requiring like three to five years of internship and other experience that maybe we just don't have. It is an entry-level position, my dude. All right, so... With that being said, I the last thing I wanted to leave you with is just the challenges of a new career path. The things that I found the most challenging and what I recommend for you to do if you are in this situation or thinking about it, um, yeah, let's go. So the first thing is that 
your old network probably isn't going to be as helpful as it used to be in your previous fields. Um, transitioning into a new field is hard. You have to build a completely new network and really put yourself out there. The other thing is that your skills will your skills, it's not that they're going to be useless. You have to figure out how to make them transferable. All of the skills that you built in your one field, you have to ask yourself, was this a narrow field? Was it very focused? For example, when I was in science, I had a set of very specific skills in specific instrumentation, lab methods, things like that. And I had to figure out how to make that more broad because going into public health and healthcare was a more broad step for me in terms of the positions I was applying to. So I had to figure out a way to say, okay, maybe I I don't need all of these lab methods anymore, but what is a broader aspect of those? Oh, analytical skills, um, quick learning, teamwork, communication, like All of that stuff that is the foundation of a lot of job settings. You need to kind of like zoom in or zoom out based on what fields you are transitioning from and to. So that is my advice. Another great way is to use like AI and ChatGPT or do your own research and just ask like what are some great skills and um, common aspects that employers in this field look for on a resume So a big thing for me is I looked up, I was like, okay, what does a good public health resume look like? What are some really important skills for most public health jobs? And I kind of mimicked that. And then, of course, when I was looking into counseling and mental health um, in the whole behavioral health area of public health, I was looking up, okay, what are some resumes and skill sets that are important for this? And it was mostly social skills, um, working with the public, outreach, um, things like that. So, yeah, basically, it's kind of like how, you know, when you're in college and you probably have, like, a retail job on the side or a customer service job or whatever, and you still kind of put that on your resume to show that, like, you can deal with the public, you can deal with people, and that is kind of something you need for any job. So that's my whole point. Find a way to make your skills, like, reword them so that they're transferable. Um, Because if you're applying... You know, if I was previously science and now applying to public health jobs saying, oh, I know NMR and mass spectrometry, nobody's going to give a fuck unless for some reason that job is me educating people on those things, which chances are not very likely. The other thing I'm going to say was a challenge of starting a new career path is that you will need new skills. So finding ways to develop these new skills and you're going to lose time. You're going to have to, it feels like you're taking a step back with time because you spent all this time in one career area and now you're almost quote unquote starting over. But I have found the biggest way to have leverage again is to figure out how your experiences can be transferable, but also you're going to lose some time. You're going to want to try to look up videos on new techniques and methods that you don't know in this field you are pursuing. For example, with public health and when I was specifically interviewing for counselor positions like assessment counselor, screenings, intakes, things like that, I was looking up YouTube videos on like what a day in the life of these positions look like 
which is useful for just jobs in general. But I was just looking at like, what kind of skills do these people have? Okay, look at the job descriptions. What kind of skills do they require? Where can I learn these? Can I look up a video? Is there a LinkedIn course? Is there a free online EDX education course? Where can I learn about these things? The thing about like changing career paths is that it doesn't have to be horrible. It doesn't have to be this um, really slow defeating experience. It just depends how much time passion and dedication you have you need to be dedicated to finding ways to like bolster yourself so that you can sell yourself that like yes I changed my career path for a reason not like in a way that raises a red flag but in a way that is more logistical and shows you know you you thought this through okay because that's I mean ideally if you're going to work for an employer that's what they want to see or if you're going to work for yourself Let's say you're leaving your job to start your own business and become an influencer or have an online, you know, shop or something like that. Dealing with social media and dealing with other people, you still need to be convincing and you still need to be credible. That is so important. So just finding ways to really, you know, learn more and understand that you are going when you change career paths you are going to lose some time. Just a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot, but you are essentially starting over. You just need to remember you're starting over in terms of like certain things, but not other things. You have work experience. You just need to figure out how to tailor it to this new route that you're going. And a lot of times when we change career paths, there I'm coming to find like through talking to people and just listening to other people's stories who have done this as well it's not always a complete 180 like complete opposite from what you're doing for example I have a science background and I'm going to public health it's actually very common for people from science to go the public health route when they find they don't want to work with the nitty-gritty of science they want to work with the public so you know it's just understanding you're not alone and that a lot of people go through this and you know there are ways to make it work. It's just going to take some grit, some time, and confidence. Oh my god, I cannot tell you how much I needed to fake having confidence in my decisions because people are going to raise eyebrows. They're going to be like, why'd you do this? Um, You had a set life in XYZ. You know, I know when I changed career paths, there were some people disappointed in my family because they were like, you were set up with signs. You worked your whole life for this. Why you know, why change it now? Because you can go so far. I think my brother told me, he was like, Savannah, like, you literally could go to med school. Like, you're so smart. There's so much you could do. But my biggest piece of advice is that just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should or that you have to. And also, the last piece of advice I'm going to give is if you are thinking about changing your career, and even if you already have and you're still looking for that, not perfect role, but a role that you can see yourself doing or growing in for this transition, I want you to ask yourself, like you have to really sit down and take stock. This is a freaking therapy session. When you decide to change career paths, you have to ask yourself, what is my ideal lifestyle going forward? What do I want out of a position? What am I okay with in an employer? And what are my non-negotiables? 
um, you have to be willing to advocate for yourself because the thing with changing career paths is that you do lose time. So in a way, you don't have time to fuck around and find out. You really don't. If you want to not necessarily stay on the timeline you had projected for yourself, I won't say that because life always changes. But what I will say is that if you just want to like stay on track with making that change and seeing it through, the most important thing is to like hold yourself accountable and you have to dig deep. This is a deep change in your life and it is going to change everything, your whole lifestyle for the most part. So... I just want you to do that if you are in my shoes or thinking about being in my shoes. And for those that have done it, please tell me about it. I would love for you to come on the podcast and tell people about your story for changing your career. Um, You know, be confident. And as always, take care of yourselves. And part of that is our occupational health, our work-life balance and doing something Some people are okay doing something where they just make money to live the life they want. And other people, they want a little bit more meaning and purpose behind their job and passion. And that's okay. But we need everything to kind of balance out. And that's what makes having a career so hard. It makes it so hard because finding that perfect balance takes time, trial, and error. And I guarantee you that we will get there and we will get there together. Okay? All right. So that rant was really fun. I haven't had a topic lately that I felt so passionate to rant about. (sighs) Like I just, I can breathe now that I got all that off my chest. If you like this episode, please let me know. If you don't like the episode, shut the fuck up. I'm kidding. If you don't like the episode, you can let me know as well. Or if you want to come on the podcast, if if you really like this topic, I want you to tell me because I think that This is something I would love to continue doing like a series on, like multiple parts of, because there's just so much to say. I mean, I'm almost already at 45 minutes here. Um, I could truly go on forever. But with all of that being said, have a great rest of your day or night, whatever it is, wherever you are. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Bye-bye.